Welcome to the Edstudia podcast. Edstudia is a virtual learning platform at the intersection of business and technology. We offer VR-enhanced training, onboarding, and metaverse readiness consulting solutions for enterprise clients. Transformation has been an industry buzzword for over two decades, and 2022 has certainly seen us push the boundaries of transformation into a work-from-anywhere metaverse-enhanced reality. Today, we dive into what these rapid shifts mean for the world of learning. I'm your host, Yogini Joglikar from Itstudia, and I'm pleased to welcome Dr. Heidi Scott, CLO of HR.com. Welcome, Heidi. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Yogini. I'm excited to be here. So we thought before we dive into your world of transformational CLO experiences, it would be great if you shared your professional journey and especially what is it about working and learning within organizations that draws you? Sure. It's uh, maybe a... Um unorthodox response or answer. And that is my philosophy of, of learning, my philosophy of work is that learning should be fun. Learning mm-hmm. should be a joyful experience. And for if there are any aspiring CLOs or uh, learning professionals out there kind of starting out and wondering where your path may go, mine actually began uh, back when I was a, a student, a, a high school mm-hmm. student. And I thought, boy, school is so boring. (laughs) And and it was that, that experience that caused me to um, get a teaching degree and become a teacher. Not so much because uh, I I thought school was fun. It was just the opposite. It was that my my desire was Mm. learning's gotta be, there's gotta be a better way to do this and a more enjoyable way to do this. And it honestly, it wasn't until I was in my master's program that for the first time in my life, I actually enjoyed learning for the sake of learning and the learning process. And it, it, it was at, it wasn't until I guess maybe just maybe I matured a little bit, but it was then that I discovered um, a, a true love of learning for itself, which mm. carried me into my doctorate. And all that to say that my journey into the role of the C- CLO mm. didn't come with that as a mindset. In fact, I would have laughed had you told me, hey, one day you might be a chief learning officer. Be like, oh, what? Uh, that, that would <laughs> right. not have been something that I would have aspired to do. And yet today, what I love most about my work is that it's engaging for myself. I, I get mm. to work with really smart people who are very creative. And at the end of the day, I've got a team that we've built and our desire is to make learning enjoyable for HR professionals across the globe. Amazing, yeah, and I can definitely identify with that, you know, especially uh, learning across cultures too. I I grew up in India and so learning there looked very different compared to when I was a grad student in the US. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is, you're right, it is something about that joy of learning and um, the passion for continuing to learn, right? That keeps us going in this, uh, in, in organizations too. Do you think learning has become more fun in 2022? And that's a slightly loaded question, but I guess from a broader perspective too, you know, do you feel like 2022 is going to bring more of the same uh, with what we saw with uncertainty and rapid pivoting uh, with the pandemic in 2020 and 2021? Sure. Or is that joy coming back into learning as well? There's two ways of looking at 
at your question. One is from an individual learner's perspective, I think the, the world is at your fingertips mm-hmm. because there's such an array of opportunities to learn that we never had before. Different levels, different degrees of in-depth learning. Some with certificates, some with not, some we don't care about, some that as far as a a demonstration of mastery. Nope, I just needed enough to get my job done. Thank you. (laughs) Others, you know, no, I'm I'm still after a degree or a certain designation, but the the array of how you want to learn, when you want to learn, to what degree, to what depth, how long, there's such an opportunity right now for us as individuals to truly have personalized learning learning Mm -hmm. that ignites our individual passion. So that's one answer. I think 2022 sets us up to go find what you want to find. And as unorthodox as it may be, it's out there. You just, you know, do a little hunting, let let your Mm -hmm. fingers do the walking on any site. Mm -hmm. Uh, From the other perspective, as organizations, what does 2022 look like? I would say it's a cautious balance, a cautious balance between, in fact, I just, just let a, um, advisory board meeting with key learning leaders across mm. many different sectors as we put our minds together with our research department on what are the questions we want to ask in our upcoming research publication mm. and study? What are the questions we want to ask about learning systems and solutions, etc.? So anyway, mm-hmm. as I'm looking at that, I've had the opportunity to just fresh in my mind because it was just last hour Sure. Uh, having kind of the same conversation of what are people seeing when it comes to, so this is not just my perspective, but I think we're, we as learning leaders and CLOs are, are seeing some tentative, like let's dip our toe in the water of mm. expanding our horizon and our development types of courses and products, mm-hmm. but let's not go overly crazy because the world right now is it post-pandemic? Uh, let's hope so. But in, in, the, in the state that we are with the pandemic and, and being responsive to that, I think a lot of organizations are cautiously looking at their budgets mm-hmm. and wondering where they're going to spend their dollars, um, maybe maybe kicking the tires on various products that are out there, systems, software, programs. Mm but possibly not pulling the trigger to buy because there's a little bit of a hesitancy. So that, yeah. that you know, what, what's on tap for us as learning organizations who build learning products, I say we're in a good spot because people are learning and there's a need for that. And um, it's, it's an exciting time. And so I'm just going to pick up on what you said, because it's really intriguing, the, the cautious approach, but still having the desire to invest. And I suppose uh, one of the things I'm curious about is from your vantage point at HR.com and working with industry partners and HR professionals, where are you seeing those investment dollars going? Is it in the people? Is it in the learning systems? Is it in new technologies? Um, you know, and, and then are any thoughts, because you said we're very much in pandemic still, any thoughts around making this new normal, which is a phrase we've been using forever now, it feels like, but what about making it a new possible, as I think McKinsey called it recently? Right, right. As we look at what organizations are wanting, I think that they're leaning into the two, two big pieces of surrounding the great resignation. Mm. Do we have the technologies? Do we have the tools? Do we have the 
resources to attract the right talent. Um, on the other hand, do we have those same systems, tools, platforms, technology training to retain great talent? So those are two pieces mm -hmm. that I think um, if, if organizations are gonna spend money on training related experiences, it's probably gonna do with those two pieces. Can we get who we need? Can we keep who we want? And, yeah. and that's maybe that's not a surprise, but uh, it's pretty tangible. And then, yeah, the second part about uh, moving into the optimistic mindset of, you know, what is the new possible? Are you seeing any new frontiers with learning? Yeah, you know, one of them, and I'm happy to see it. And maybe this is, uh, this is, you're asking my opinion. This is my opinion, a little bit mm -hmm. jaded, perhaps, but it's coming, you know, from behind my eyeballs. And that is, I'm, I've been suspecting and waiting and anticipating and beginning to see signs of a lower tolerance for poor training, a lower huh. tolerance in people saying, well, yeah, yeah, that's a course. And I mean, I, I look at that and go, ooh, uh, if we're going to be remote, which we are, I don't see mm. that going away. The remote workforce isn't going away. Um, and I think with that, it's incumbent upon us as learning professionals to do it well, to provide learning opportunities that provide equity, mm -hmm. provide fairness, fair access, fair voices, not just in an, in an instructor-led training, not just in an mm -hmm. office setting, but how can we in a hybrid world create the same opportunities for those behind a Zoom meeting ID and those sitting in the room? And, and how do we give voice voices what they need to be heard, to be listened to, to be part of the conversation and decision-making, um, to have the same amount of autonomy and power within a group. So those are, those are things from that virtual hybrid setting. But I also think, like I said, for us, never on my watch will it be a talking head video with a quiz at the end and we'll call it a course. <laughs> I, I tell my team, right. just say no, we will, right. not, we will not do that. And no, no one on my team would ever want to, to develop something like that and call it a course. doesn't mean we don't use some talking head videos because sometimes that's a great way to convey something, but it doesn't go mm -hmm. on and on. And we don't throw a silly quiz at the end that's kind of arbitrary um, that doesn't really mean anything. So I think that's where I look at what's, what's changing, what's a new normal. A new yeah. normal is it's very crowded in the online technology training space. Mm. Two years ago, three years ago, yeah, we would have called it, oh, there's a lot of competition out there. But today, anyone and their brother, hey, you can design a course, you can design a podcast, you can do this, you can do that. Look at these yeah. free open source tools. It don't even cost you anything to create a course. Here's, you know, we'll give you a free course on how to make money with your free course. So there's so <laughs> many opportunities out there, but yes. it doesn't mean it's good. I think we have to, I think people are beginning to be a bit, I don't want to say jaded, uh, mm -hmm. And it's not cautious. I think just being maybe perhaps a wiser consumer of mm -hmm. just because it's out there, is there something better and, and who built it and what's the criteria from which it was built and what are the credentials? I think you get where I'm going. Of, um, I, I too. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, uh, I, I hear you and this is something we practice as well day in and day out at its studio, because as you know, we are all about virtual uh, reality enhanced learning. And we think that the beauty of that is not having the talking video with the quiz at the end, but rather mm -hmm. to learn something and then go into VR and do it hands-on. And we've seen engagement and retention scores and metrics just go out of the park 
um, you know, just because of the possibility to actually go in and practice, right? So I would completely hear you on that. I also hear you when it comes to there being no dearth of choice. You know, I feel like organizations face this um, burden almost of, you know, having a lot of choice as do individuals. And I see this as being one of the dialogues that's happening within learning is what are organizational learning priorities? And then how do we still make sure that our employees are getting what they want, right? So I, I suppose there's a golden mean there somewhere, whether you know you see it as, as being one particular piece or not, that would be my question. You know, is there a magic formula for meeting halfway between organizational learning priorities and then individual priorities? Or should companies always go with what employees want? Well, I think if we were to look at what's the mean, what do both employees and employers want? Mm. And I would say they want, they want outcomes, they want results. And to get there, I think both parties, employers and employees, they want relevant, meaningful, ideally engaging learning experiences. Learning experiences that stick, that provide a simulation type of mm-hmm. experience so that they can do their work, so that they, they can walk into that not just from a simulation piece, but the, you know they, they will have that performance support experience as well inside mm-hmm. of training. So what, what do they want? Make it meaningful, make it relevant. Don't make it just compulsory. I mean, yeah, not, compulsory. not a check, check in the box, right? Yeah, yeah, we've got compliance training. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't make it painful. I mean, that's fine. We, we can have compliance training. We all have it, but let's make it as joyful and meaningful mm-hmm. as possible. Yeah, there goes that word again, right, Joy? Absolutely, yeah, completely agree with you. Yeah. What's playing on my mind too, Heidi, is um, there's an HBR article on the Transformer CLO, right? And as we enter 2022, um, the HBR definition is it's a CLO whose mission is to help their companies and their employees thrive amid rapid change. And you've given us some fantastic tips and insights into how to do that. On a personal level, what does it mean for you to be that transformative CLO and to be leading with learning, as I know you do every day at HR.com? You know, honestly, I would say one of the biggest threats to my success is me. When I say that, it's me allowing pressures and competing priorities in a constant barrage of allowing my schedule to be back to back to back to back to back and the day ends and it's like, oh my goodness, now I've got 200 unread emails from just today and the 100 from yesterday I didn't get to. Mm. I look at my calendar for tomorrow and I'm headed into the same day that it's mentally exhausting, fatiguing. And honestly, what we as CLOs, if you're a CLO, you were you were hired for your brains, you were hired for your experience, but honestly, you, you were hired to be a strategic thinker you are hired to be able to identify the right dots on the landscape and then to begin to connect the dots between those on the landscape and put with some foresight and some wisdom, put a plan Mm. together of where we're going and what we're going to say no to in order to stay focused on the right things. And for me, when I say one of my biggest challenges is me, it's that piece of, I call it with my team, it's when I go dark. And, mm. and I have my, my team, they all know, and that I'll see it on their calendars going dark. I'm like, good. I, I won't bug them. Mm. It's not, it's not for days at a time. It's rarely ever for a full day. 
but it could be for a block of two to four, sometimes even six hours. Like I'm going dark, I'm working on, they, they don't have to know what I'm wrong. I don't care, I'll put it in my calendar invite to myself so they can see it's blocked off. Heidi's mm-hmm. going dark, she's working on X, Y, Z. Could be with someone else, but oftentimes it's time for me. Like, when am I gonna think? Mm-hmm. When am I gonna strategize? So I think as a learning leader, you've got to find a, a way to keep yourself charged and to provide guardrails, if you will, Mm. where your mind can actually think and process. So everyone has whatever it is they do where they, maybe some people sit, maybe they, maybe they think, maybe, I don't know what they do, but my my thing is exercise. I'm Uh, athletes. So that gives me, I I have a hard time thinking when I swim, unless I'm just going to go swim a mile in the open water and don't think that I can do that. But boy, when I bike or when I run, those honestly, sometimes those are, I may just have to pull over to the side of the road or stop and pull my phone out and just do a voice text on yes. this great idea I just got. And, yeah. and, and so my team, oftentimes I'm like, in fact, it was today. I was like, Hey, so I had this idea and they're like, did you go biking this morning? <laughs> well, yes, I did. So, but anyway, but here's the idea. And, and I think those are the pieces that we need to, to be that transformative CLO. We've got to be learning ourselves. We've got to invest the time to learn and, and be okay. Safeguard, set up and then safeguard that time to learn. And I'm no brilliant person at that discipline, but I sure try. And I, I know I, I have seen over my career, the times when I create the best uh, progress and, and really the best plans out ahead of us. It's, it's after those times of going dark, blocking out technology mm. and, and my journal and going to the beach and thinking, which sounds maybe just, it sounds like kind of backwards. Yeah. What? You didn't take your Asana project and start building. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm crafting a vision or I'm refining, or I'm just thinking of these, all these, like I said, the dots on the landscape about a certain yeah. problem and possible solution points. And then it's like suddenly that then the magic happens of, wow, I see it here, here it comes and little, little pieces of, of, of goodness, uh, for whatever yeah. I'm trying to solve. So I think those are some hopefully. Tangible. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I can just see it in front of my eyes, the way you're describing this. And, um, it's funny. I, I just heard a fantastic news item a couple of days ago about some research that came out two years ago, I think about dreaming and learning and, Apparently, if um, you dream about a skill that you're trying to practice and then you wake up and you go and practice it the next day, you're better at it because you've dreamt it, right? So, uh, of course, it's the opposite end of what you're describing with physical activity, right? Here it's dreaming, but it's giving the chance for those neural connections to happen and the magic happen as you're describing it. Uh, Oh, I love that. Now, you mentioned going dark and being away from technology and you know of course since we are so steeped in technology within the learning world i'm going to ask you the flip side of that question Mm -hmm. you know what role do you see technology play in the future of work and learning and talent development oh i think it's right at the center it's the epicenter of where we're going and how we do work and i don't see that changing and so i i may talk about going dark and grabbing my pen and my journal i would love to say that happened every week I'll be lucky, honestly, just to be really honest and candid, I'm lucky if I can pull that off every four weeks. And, and I will, I look at my calendar, I'll look at next week and I'm like, oh my goodness, there's no time. Next week, I'll usually have to plan it 
three or four weeks out to safeguard a block of time to go dark. Mm-hmm. And, and then I, and I actually look forward to it. I was like, well, when is that day coming? And I'll start a list of the things I want to <laughs> think about during that block of time. And usually it's, it's not, it doesn't happen in my office. It is, it's, it's getting outside. It's mm-hmm. going to the beach. It's going somewhere other than sitting in front of a screen and just being zapped on that way. When I think about technology, what role does it play? Boy, I'm, I'm as geeky as the rest of you. <laughs> I love my technology and I'm always, I, and I told my team today, I said, Hey, here's, and I forget what it was. And I, Oh, I know. I won't say what it was, but it's a new product out there. And I was like, this is a very cool, I would call it a bell and a whistle that can be dropped in and embedded into the courses. Go check it out. And we've, you know, so I've got some people, I had, had one of my senior instructional designers last night emailing me, Hey, I want to get, um, can you get, get us access to this? Can you buy this for us? I'm like, yep, we're on it. Um, oh. Because it's, it's not that a bell or a whistle is going to make or break. I mean, if it does, then you've got a problem. Your ears are all, where's the content? <laughs> but if we can have a bell or a whistle, drive the engagement and or shrink the development time. So it's, yes, we're talking a lot about the, the, the learning experience we're trying to provide, but let's be realistic. Time is money. So mm-hmm. I can look at that and say, okay, what other course development tools can I put at the hands of my instructional designers to speed things up? Mm-hmm. How do I look at my team and say, every one of them is, is immensely talented, but they're not all talented the same way. So, so I know as I get to work with them, we're very open about you, you this is your sweet spot. Mm. I'm going to keep you doing more of this because this is your jam. This, this comes so easy. And they're like, yeah, this, I love doing this part mm. of my job. Really don't like this part. I'm like, well, good news for you. So-and-so you, you have great yeah. skill sets, but they're opposite. So we'll, I'll partner people up so that they each are working more of their sweet spot. Um, so I think that's important for us, for, for my team. I will tell them part of your job is to keep scanning the horizon because in the day of technology we're living in, every single day there's a new tool on the market. So what's out there that we should be either just paying attention to and watching or, or truly getting the trial version and giving it a whirl and seeing what we think and is that something we want to integrate? Oh, so. that's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I see, I mean, even the next generation, I see them pushing the boundaries on this too, right? And they're demanding and asking if, I play this way in a collaborative uh, multi-avatar environment. Why can't I learn this way? Mm-hmm. And I, I like that because it, it always keeps us on our toes and thinking about the possibilities of technology as well. It does. You know, you bring up an interesting point. And I had this conversation yesterday with our, our IT group and we were looking at a, a web page that they were designing and some new functionality. And as I looked at it, I said, you know what, I understand what you're trying to do or that it makes sense to them that, well, of course the member would come to hr.com and of course they would know to click on this thing to find what they're after. And I said, I'm telling you what, I, I am tech support to my 80 year old mother and mm. she, she's got a Mac and she's got her iPhone and she's got her new printer. And, and I get calls usually every week <laughs> on something. And I yes. said, if you've got to keep it so simple that my 80 year old mother could log on and intuitively mm. know where to go to find what she needs. And I, and I, that's the same, like my, my mother test is the same thing. When I look at courses, Boy, if it's just not intuitive, 
and now maybe the 80s a little bit extreme, but you get where my, my mom's pretty, yeah. pretty classy. So I could say, okay, if you can't catch the average 50 year old with knowing intuitively what to do or 60 year old, then you've got a problem. Yeah. So, you, you know, we, we can look at it and go, how cool, isn't this great? You know, my, my 25 year old something or others that of course that's intuitive. Yeah. It's just like this game. It's just like that app. Well, yeah. What about the rest of the world where that's not the back of their hand? We've got to make sure we're designing and developing learning experiences that fit the whole realm and make, regardless of what age or what generation you're in or what your background may be, it's got to be pretty intuitive and simple. Uh, yeah, inclusive, right, is the word I'm hearing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And um, that is a big mantle for learning to bear and one that we hope to rise to in 2022. Heidi, it's, it's almost um, up to our half hour mark. And I do want to thank you so much for spending the time and sharing your insight as we head into 2022, what transformation and learning look like for the next year and the next decade as well. At Edstudia, we are excited to help organizations take those baby steps or giant leaps into what we think is the next phase of digital transformation. According to us, it is virtual reality and augmented reality as being key part of the employee and organizational experience, from training to onboarding to creating a powerful sense of community and the inclusion that Heidi and I were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Look us up on itstudia.com. Follow us on our social channels. Thank you so much, Heidi, once again. Thank you. It's been a fun conversation. Thanks for having me. See you around.